Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Blazing the Path, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Thunderous Applause, and the LA Hoops Report, plus our coaching focus podcast. Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham, in here with me tonight... We're recording late, uh, a little bit later than I expected, because the Cavaliers just went into double overtime. Dan Glinski, Amadou So, guys, what's going on? Been a little while since we've, we've recorded in here, but good to have you both on. Yes, great to be back once again. Yeah, no doubt. So, as I was just mentioning, the Cavaliers tonight just won against the Detroit Pistons in double overtime. Uh, 128 10 to 119. They obviously won their season opener as well, 121 to 114 against the Charlotte Hornets. A couple of solid games from this team. Um, they they've gotten out to a good start. Um, just kind of here to to give some general takes and general thoughts on each game. Uh, I guess. Do you guys have anybody you want to start with? Anybody from tonight or the first game that really stood out to either of you? Um. Well, if we look at the first game first. I know, of course, you know, Darius Garland and Colin Sex, we'll talk about them. But one player that really stood out to me was Larry Nance Jr. Um, I thought he played extremely well during that first game. He nearly had a triple-double, and uh, I think he had three steals. Uh, in the absence of Kevin Love, he filled that role well. He played great, you know, all around. I, I really did like what he did that first game. Yeah, in that first game, had 13 rebounds, 13 points, eight assists, three steals, two blocks. Um, made the only three he took in that first game. Tonight was a little bit more quiet, came off the bench in that role, so you know, didn't have as much of a, of a role in this game, but still came out with seven rebounds, um, wasn't able to score, but again, just doing all the little things, two steals, two assists. Um, yeah, Larry's been looking good. Um, I mean, as, as you would expect. Uh, still, we're, we're seeing you know the, the Larry in that kind of small forward role, a little bit here and there. We aren't really seeing it a whole lot, you know, in, in long, long stretches. But again, I think it's, it's working about as well as we expected. You know, it's just kind of an interesting little wrinkle for, for short spurts. Uh, Dan, what have been your, your initial thoughts on Larry so far? I think he's been good. I, I just think he, it's really nice to see him be able to still be a playmaker, um, kind of carrying that on. More last year, um, we saw it at least kind of post all-star especially and and really even kind of the last like 22 23 games of last season and i just am a big fan of his game um how he kind of has his overall imprint by far the most versatile big the Cavs have and i i just i don't know i don't say this as a slight all but the way he sets dribble handoffs just really helps 
guys get separation, just time doesn't really telegraph them, really times them up well. And it, it really is like a, a key screen. And um, he, every time I watch him, he just is so heady with those. And you know what you're going to get from a rebounding standpoint in both ends. Um, heady team defender, as we've always seen. And I'll, whenever there's a lead pass to be made, it, it seems that he's always going to hit that. And I just love the pace that he plays at. Yeah, just overall, even among the veterans on this team, just as far as play style goes, you know, really, you know, just kind of a calming presence on the floor, it seems like it's been. You know, obviously he's not perfect either, but especially, you know, in tonight's game, so many just kind of, it just seemed like bad turnovers, bad passes, just careless passes. Larry, I think, was a part of maybe one of those, but overall just, you know, able to move the ball without, you know, getting into trouble. Like you said, just, you know, active defensively, active in, you know, in passing lanes. It just it, it overall has just impacted the game at a really, really high level, obviously. You know, we saw that more in the first game than the second. But um, it really, really just, just looking good from Larry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really have any more Larry takes. But um, we'll get into the two young guards now. We'll start with Isaac Ac- or not Isaac Okoro, uh, Darius Garland, who in the first game went 7 for 13, obviously had a great game, um, 22 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, only 2 turnovers in that first game. Tonight, he went for 21 and 12. Uh, again, 2 steals and a block. Limited his turnovers to 2. Darius looking, I, I guess... Amadou, I'll, I'll leave the floor to this to, to you on this one. You know, you just kind of give your opening your opening Darius take here. Yeah, yeah. Darius looks like a completely different player this season, and it's really great to see. You can see he's more comfortable. Um, his change of speed has been great. He's a really shifty guy. That's been nice to see. The way he's orchestrating his offense has been great. I have no complaints. Overall, he's been great. Uh, the Hornets game, you know, he started off a little bit slow, but you know, put that besides him. And I like that he seems to have like this tour, this kind of short memory this year where, you know, he'll mess up or whatever and he'll still, you know, come back down to next possession and tag. Last year, we saw that if he would mess up, he'd become timid. You'd see him go stand in the corner or whatever. I really like that change from him. Um, today, I think he had what, 20 and 12. Man, he, he's, he's been hooping and I, I really do like what I'm seeing so far from Darius. And, uh, I'm excited to see what he does for, for, for excuse me, for the rest of the season. Yeah, he, he's cleaned up a lot of his, his preseason kind of sloppiness. Um, like I said, he's been limiting his turnovers for these first two games. Um, still, you know, a little bit careless here or there. Um, this is a lot of young players on this team, a lot of young guards. You're going to expect a little bit of that. But, um, yeah, and, and the you know, the shots falling now when it wasn't for, you know, the, the preseason, it, you know, that was maybe mildly worrisome, but, you know, we, we knew that this was going to come around. And, you know, tonight he shoots three for three. Last game he shot four for eight from outside. You know, he's hitting his free throws. So, overall, you know, <laughs> it, it, it seems like it's safe to say, you know, tonight against the Pistons, he, he was the best player on the floor on offense for the Cavs. And another thing with Darius is, like, you know, just he, he doesn't die on every screen this year. You know, when you look at him, you know, Mason Plumlee coming up, like he, he's sliding through there. He's, you know, sticking at least on the hip of the guy. Like, overall does just look like a completely different guy. Dan, what would have been your, your – the, the things that you've noticed with Darius? 
Yeah, I, I think Amadou kind of touched on it. Um, just the shiftiness it really stands out, um, kind of has an in-and-out shake. We, we didn't see it enough last year. Uh, really is shooting the ball with confidence. And in rhythm, I think he honestly has the prettiest jump shot on the team. Um, really, when he's getting his feet set, um, Jetty's in a really good rhythm right now too. But I, I just – it looks – there's just more confidence with him – the rotation on the ball is there and just his really manipulated pick and roll so well um, seems to have, even though they haven't played together that long, just seems to um, kind of get a, get on the right page um, with Andre Drummond and really as a pull-up shooter, that 17, 18-foot range, he, he's really been uh, money and I think just from from deep, um, when he's whether it's off the catch, um, some step backs. Um, I just think this year we're seeing him kind of get to those in and outs um, to really take advantage of bigs, and I just think he's he's just in his own. Yeah, I was gonna say you mentioned that he's shooting with a lot of confidence. Just in general, he's playing with a lot of confidence. You know, oh, some yeah. of his drives just just fearless tonight. You know, going through double teams just. A lot of and again he didn't he didn't get to the foul line tonight, but a lot of those I'm just gonna start calling him Darius drives where you know he, he's getting in there and he's he's, he's moving one he's, direction or another. He's not absorbing contact, but he's getting in there and putting up those little floaters that he's you know been able to get to really at will throughout you know this preseason and season. What are you saying? Yeah, he's he's really snaked pick and rolls really really well too. And yeah, there were a couple passes like one Okoro. Um, near the end there, he threw like a kind of just like a sneaky lob. I think Okoro just kind of didn't realize yeah. where he was and X just kind of landed. But he seemed fine. He just tweaked his – it looked like his ankle a tad bit. But um, I just think his his vision has been really, really good too. Yeah, how about the dish tonight from Darius? The no-look pass kind of, you know, got in the lane again, was down in there, and then kind of – no look left it off for I think it was Jetty who came in and finished off the play. Yeah, it sounds right. Um, I, he, yeah, it's there were a number of them. Um, it, you're going to see some kind of misses here and there um, for tos, but yeah, I just think his uh, his lead passes have been good. His uh, how he's made skip feeds, and it, it's just as Amadou said, he just looks like a. It's like a complete 180. Yeah, just a completely different player. Um, and, and, you know, looking at last year, you know, kind of a knock was, yeah, he's a better playmaker than Colin, but is he really, you know, that – is he really, you know, going to be a floor general? Again, it's a two-game sample size, but we're seeing him have six assists last game, 12 assists this game. That's really, really promising stuff from him. So – Overall, excited about Darius. I think we can agree on that. Um, we'll move on to Colin Sexton, who has also looked good. Obviously, you know, we, we saw him in the last preseason game, and he looked rough. Um, again, he was coming off a nine-month layoff, coming off a, a minor ankle injury. So, understandable. But he has come out guns blazing um, in the first game, had 27 points, five assists, two rebounds uh, tonight came out and again it is in double overtime but um yeah, had 32 points three re- or yeah two rebounds three assists three steals um again just like everyone else was just kind of getting down on the floor getting you know being scrappy poking 
poking loose balls free, running the floor really well. Um, Dan, what did you think of of Colin tonight and in the first game? Yeah, he just, to me, I think the key is um, last year we saw him use that change of pace, um, really, which played into better efficiency for him. Um, this year, he's he's seeing the floor, really, and made, made a really nice kind of extra pass. Um, I thought he was initially going to go with a floater. Um, found, I think it was JaVale McGee for a cut, kind of had like a Statue of Liberty type dunk on that. Uh, I thought that was a really nice pass. Um, just seems to be feeling things out is kind of letting the game come to him a little bit more. And I think Austin Carr kind of alluded to how he had kind of, I think he said like a silent 30 or 32 um, when, whenever that was. Um, just seems to be things seem to be slowing down for him, and I just with his quickness, we know uh, he can beat guys off the bounce. But I just think making extra passes, even those, are big for him. And defensively, I think uh, pick and roll. I think he's doing a really good job getting skinny, um, kind of anticipating whether to go over or under where his help is. And as as Justin touched on, just really showed a ton of grit against the Pistons. And you can just see it every game in and game out. I I think from here, he's whether win or lose, he's kind of the culture changer type guy um, that the Cavs are are just kind of rallying behind. I agree with that completely. Um, Amadou, what have your first impressions of Colin Sexton been? Yeah. Collins, he's been great, but of course, you know, this is a, to be expected after how he ended last season. Um, One thing I've noticed is his speed, he's really using that as a weapon now, the way he's getting downhill, you know, running to the cup. He's an improved finisher, it looks like. Uh, and I like that, you know, the Cavs are having Garland be that initiator or, you know, somewhat of a floor general while Colin is working more off ball. That's great for them. You know, he's hustling. We saw him today diving for loose balls it's you know he's doing it all and it, it's great to see this this tandem this duo is working well together and man i mean <laughs> no complaints at all yeah no i mean really what what is the biggest knock that you can have on this 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 group right now you know i mean obviously it's been two games again but like wh- what is the big weakness that you can see here right now i mean is it it, it still has to be just the defensive end right because i mean they're still they're still not there, but I mean, even there, you know, there, there's noticeable progress from each of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, defense. I guess you know the massive matchups. Excuse me, you can say, um, of course, the Hornets. Their backcourt isn't the best defensively, but you know, Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham are still much, much, much capable of scoring. And we saw that in the first game. I think Rozier had what forty-two points or something like that. You know, he yeah, yeah, forty-two. Yeah, today yes. uh, we saw Derrick Rose kind of, kind of take over a little bit late. Um, I want to see, you know, what would happen if they go up against maybe like a Washington Wizards or an Indiana Pacers where their backcourts, you know, offensively are, you know, all-star caliber at that. But so far, if if you want to even say defense, I guess you could say that. But it, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch. Any knocks on either of them, Dan? Yeah, I, we'll still see both of them, I mean, get beat here and there. But uh, that's to be expected, but I, I think they're kind of doing a better job of at least um, feeling out screens better. And and I think as rotators, I mean, you're seeing them, uh, whether it's them or schematically just from Bickerstaff's influence, kind of more hands-on maybe. I, I, don't, I can't say that personally. It's not like I would know, but 
Um, they just seem more engaged on that end. And just, I think, from the IQ standpoint, is they've just had more feel there, and that's helped. And um, But, yeah, I, I can't – it's kind of nitpicking right now. But I, I just think they're – knowing where their help is more often than they did before – and I think that'll help them. And if they can kind of communicate through switches off the ball to kind of, um, which it seems like they're doing better of, at least initially here, um, I think they're we're starting to see what the Cavs uh, were kind of, I guess, projecting. Yeah, and I guess another, if you, if you want to make one more small knock was, again, just a little bit of turnover issues. Um, between the, t- the two of them tonight, they had, I believe, what was it, six turnovers? Yeah, four, four from Sexton, two from Garland. It, I mean, again, there were just times where there were some careless passes made, um, and, and that's not just on those two. That was on the team in general. But, um, yeah, some, some promising, promising, promising stuff from, from both of them. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they can keep this momentum moving forward. Obviously, they play again tomorrow night when this is going up. Probably they're playing again today well actually no this will be going up on on monday so the philly game will have already happened by then um so forget what i just said but um we'll move on isaac okoro uh in the first game in his rookie debut had 11 points uh five assists three rebounds in the win um again tonight it had kind of a rookie game which again i think you expect this sometimes. Um, 0 for 4 from the field. You know, it's not like he had a horrendous shooting night. He shot three threes, couldn't get one to fall. Um, three rebounds, a steal. Overall, you know, didn't wasn't a minus on the floor. It's not like he, you know, really struggled heavily. He just couldn't get the shot to fall. Um, got in a little bit of foul trouble, had four fouls. But uh, overall, you know, um, Amadou just... What is your impression? I mean, obviously, you know, Isaac was someone who we saw, you know, a, a large sample size of, at least an, as, as large as a preseason sample size can be of a guy. But in real NBA minutes, real NBA action, how has Isaac Okoro looked to you? Yeah, I mean, he's looked fine. You know, uh, that first game, like we said, 11 points. He had the five assists that really stood out to me, uh, showcasing some of that playmaking ability. And, you know, played well defensively. There was at times where, you know, they put him on Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier. Sometimes LaMelo Ball when he's in the game in that first game. I feel like he, you know, held up very well against those three. Uh, this game, you know, yeah, a rookie game. He didn't really do much, but he wasn't a minus, like you said. Um, couldn't get the shot to fall, which is fine. I think, uh, I forget when, but he, I think he rolled his ankle at some point during this game. I don't know if that he, kind of played an effect. Go I think late in the game, he kind of hurt his knee a little bit, it seemed oh, like. his knee. Okay, 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 yeah. But I don't know if that, you know, played an effect on how he operated late. And anyways, you know, this game, oh, well, you know, rookies are going to play like this sometimes. It's, it's you know, it's, it's bound to happen. So I don't really want to look at this too much and talk about all that stuff. He's been fine so far. I feel like he'll bounce back against the Sixers, which uh, should be a nice little matchup for him, seeing if he goes against, you know, Ben Simmons and what he'll be able to do against him. Yeah, I think you know, looking at the matchup for tomorrow night against Philly, I think Ben Simmons is the matchup there. Um and that's going to be, you know, a test for the him. Great test. But um, again, yeah, like you said, for having the quiet offensive night, like I still think he looks way, you know, beyond his years defensively. Like again, yeah, he he still makes a couple of those, you know, boneheaded rookie plays here or there. But the guy is a quick learner. Like 
you know, just just looking at you know some of the reads he makes, you know, some of the mistakes that he made in the preseason, we're seeing him kind of correct those now. As far as you know, closeouts onto shooters and just again, you know, getting around screens and staying on guys and just making the right reads overall, like. It's all still there, and you know, I mean, it's not like he played his way off the floor. He was still there, you know, the whole time of crunch time. And again, it's, he only took four shots. Three of those were threes. You know, you're, you're going to have nights where those don't fall. So overall, you know, not not concerned about this game from Isaac at all. You know, it's still just, it's still you know, positive momentum in, in my opinion. Dan, how are you feeling about Isaac in this game? Yeah, I, I thought he the second game again had had a rookie performance offensively um look just uh, didn't have the shot to go down but uh, again he does little things like spacing the floor cutting getting like cutting through which kind of opens up driving lanes for other guys um and oh if there's an extra pass to be made uh, often on the perimeter he'll make it and i just think he again didn't have the shots to go down but um, defensively had a really good play kind of in the latter stages there, um, closed out under control, um, kind of playing to banking on that Jeremy Grant is going to hesitate initially, which he did. He eventually had a shot clock violation through it back to Rose and just does little things like that for where a lot of guys that are in that position in their second game, maybe they, he closes out harder, even though it is Grant. Um, but didn't doesn't ever do stuff like that. And yeah, he had a little bit of foul trouble here and there, but I just think he, he the game doesn't look at a like doesn't look like it's his eyes are pinballing pinballing back and forth. Doesn't look like it's too fast for him. He from that standpoint, he uh has consistently looked looked good and um I, I like his approach defensively, he just always seems to have a feel for where the next rotation is going to be. And people don't realize like, you're not going to be playing isolation defense in every possession. Like, and even in the first game, didn't, I, I didn't realize he had this many possessions on him, but I mean, you can read into this being a little bit subjective, but I, I he had 19 possessions on partial possessions or so on Gordon Hayward gave up, gave up zero points. of two from the field, the team had 17 points in those possessions. So um, it's not like he didn't guard him at all. And, and I thought he really was in pretty solid position against him. Didn't give up a ton of kind of ball swings from those. I, I thought did fine there. Um, and again, offensively, we just, he's, he's a heady player. He just, just might want to see him try to tackle a little bit more, but he'll find those gaps um, pretty soon. That guy. Yeah, I agree with you there. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. 
That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. One more thing I just want to note about kind of some of the young guys, not uh, Okoro in particular, but some of the other guys. Uh, the Cavaliers earlier this week did pick up a couple, well, actually four total team options. Uh, they picked up the fourth-year team option for Colin Sexton's contract, um, the last year of his rookie scale. That'll be about $6.3 million. They also picked up the third-year options on Garland, KPJ, and Windler. Uh, Garland set to make about $7 million, uh, Windler about 2.2, KPJ about 1.8. Uh, one thing I kind of wanted to get into with Sexton tonight was um, just – Looking at extensions, because that's going to be coming up here at the end of the season, um, obviously, again, only two games, but we do have a little bit of a taste for, you know, the, the progress that Colin has made in his game this year, what he's looking like right now. Um, and obviously, we've seen a bunch of other rookie extensions from last the, the class before Colin's, you know, coming out here now. Um, one in particular that I look at is a guy like Derek White of the Spurs, uh, one of their combo guards getting, you know, roughly $18 million a year on his extension four years. Um, I just kind of wanted to pose the question to you guys, and this was something we had talked about briefly over the offseason. But just right now, what do you think an extension looks like for Colin Sexton if they can agree on one, you know, next preseason? Um, You know, how much do you think that he would be asking for? You know, where are the Cavs at? Um, Dan, we can start with you on that one. Yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, like Malcolm Garvin or Brogdon, I think it was four years for 85 um, was that restricted free agency deal. I, I don't see it. would. I don't know how it would be less than that. Um, I, I would think that it's got to be I, I think Chris Manning basically like tweeted out like it's he's not going to sign for or it's got to be a minimum 20 million per. I, I think that's got to be the case. I think maybe. The buddy healed four for ninety four is is one that comes to mind for me, at least just pre- preliminarily. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely you know in the same kind of mindset as far as it's 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 got to be more than more than twenty. Um, I think just from Collins' standpoint and Collins' camp, um, you know, even if you know the translating to winning doesn't show up this year, you know, in the way it kind of has in the past, I think just the numbers he's going to put up is going to warrant you know money at least from his perspective you know obviously if they can't reach an agreement they can't reach an agreement but I think you know that's going to be what his side is going to want I I kind of agree with you I see I could realistically see a world right now where Colin goes for 25 mil a year Um, I think maybe that's a little bit high but it you know in that 20 to 25 range is kind of what as of right now, I kind of embracing myself for, and that, that does seem just a little bit high for, you know, a guy like him. We have to see what he becomes. If he's just going to be, you know, that kind of just high volume score, we have to see what else he brings. And that might, like I said, that like might be a little bit much, but overall, you know, I think it, if these first couple games are an indicator of what's to come, then this is definitely something that he could earn this season. Um, Amadou, where are you at? Yeah, I agree with both of you guys on that one. I believe he'll get, you know, around that 20 to $25 million. Um, I actually like the uh, Derek White comparison, and I feel like that would probably be, like, maybe the contract that he will compare himself to. And I feel like he definitely deserves more than Derek White would. So, yeah, I would agree with the 20 to $25 million range. Well, before we get into the rest of the players and just how they've looked real quick, I want to tell you about Thrive Fantasy. Basketball is back, and it is the perfect time to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. 
They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and they will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, K-L-O-V-E, that's like Kevin Love. KLOVE when you get started and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Or more. Sign up and prop up today. Guys, we have to get into Andre Drummond. Um, had the revenge game tonight against Detroit in Detroit. Um, obviously put up big numbers. He had 23 points, 16 assists, or 16 assists, 16 rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks, uh, did, you know, had four turnovers as well in his first game, put up 14 and 14 along with four assists, uh, had five turnovers in that game, nine total between the two. Um, Dan, I'll give you the floor here to just kind of, there's a lot, there's a lot to dive in here. Um, there, there, there's a lot to go into here, so we'll just we'll 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 get started. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I think we're just seeing that with Andre Drummond, it's there's definitely a roller coaster ride with him. Um, a lot of the time, uh, really, is a force inside. I mean, he he's hard to. I guess keep off the free throw line. Like the guy is really strong, and when he kind of puts his head down, it, like he'll probably he can get to the line often. Um, but had some really nice moves, like when Bismack Biombo was on him, just kind of um, bullied him on the, the interior. Just yeah, just like like when he can just um, put his shoulder into guys when he's when he catches that like deep in there and he get the gets those seals. It's a lot of the time he can get whistles, but just does the touch, the lack of touch from about like five feet. I mean, how many misses did he have against the Pistons from like five feet? It's like, dude, can you, can you just, uh, just no feel there. And um, good. I mean, he's a really good screener. Uh, I, I think he's done a, a nice job creating space for Garland and Colin. Um, and, and even Dante Agsum a little bit um, against Detroit, I thought, who just didn't nearly get to the gap that he wanted. But um, we he's done some nice things, made some nice passes, had a really nice kind of like thread the needle pass to Colin, which when he passed that, I was like, no, 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 yes, okay, we'll take it. But Well, okay, to be fair, you were completely right to say no, 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 because earlier in the game he had tried that same pass, I believe, twice. And neither of them connected. So, yeah. Well, but defensively, I, I mean, I, he's made plays. I got to give him that. Um, they've he's kind of he came up big in that Detroit game um, a number of times there on the stretch. I don't know how he got that. I don't know if he really got the ball out from Derrick Rose or if it just kind of like went off his knee. But we, we I think it, it went off his foot. Yeah, maybe that's what it was, but. I mean, he plays defense with his hands, which can be good and bad. But 
Um, do, does have feel for for rotations inside. I mean, I have to give him credit for that. Um, as a rebounder, we know what he can do. He gobbles those up really at will, and, and he is really strong. That's that's stood out. But um, at times, it's, it just has these kind of one-on-one sequences where he catches it from about 16 feet and tries to, I, I just don't know what he exactly, I think he thinks he's like Porzingis. I, I don't know if it's the the expiring or contract year deal. I, I don't, that's just odd, but good and bad, but he, he's really strong. I guess that's kind of the takeaway for me. <laughs> he is really strong and he can rebound the ball. Um, yeah, t- like tonight in particular, you know, had three blocks. You know, there were some really impressive ones. Overall, just was active defensively, had some really, really nice plays. I, I don't know if it was if it was just him kind of trying to force the issue tonight going up against his old team, you know, in Detroit even. So, he, he again, in that first quarter, he in the first half, really, he shot really, really poorly. Um, seven for 21 on the night against Detroit here. Um like you said, it seemed like every single shot that he missed was like just an absolute brick, like badness. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, sure he missed a couple in the paint here, but like you know, the, the little floaters, the little hooks. You know, he shot two threes tonight. All of them were just you know immediately questioning like why you're watching Andre Drummond play basketball. But um, overall, yeah, I mean, effective. You know, he he ended up, you know, they, they, he got to the line, you know, and shot 14 free throws tonight, uh, made nine of them, made them when they counted, you know, late in the game, late in, in, late in regulation. Um, you know, it seemed like he was kind of struggling there for a minute. They kept going to him, kept fouling him, and he, he came through in the end, so you have to give him credit there. You know, it's it, it's it just seems like, you know, well, well, he does make all of these boneheaded plays and, you know, really just kind of makes you want to pull your hair out sometimes. At the end of the day, he kind of kept us in this game, and he kind of, you know, kept us afloat heading into overtime, and obviously he was a contributor there as well. And, I mean, he was, at the end of the day, you know, 7 for 21 aside, you know, 4 turnovers aside, he was a big reason why this team won tonight. Um, how, how are you feeling about Andre up to this point? Man, okay. So, <laughs> if you if if you're someone you know who didn't watch the game, or whatever, you would think Andre just went crazy. I mean, looking at his stat line, he had 23 points, 16 boards, five assists, four steals, and three blocks. But oh, man, that was that was crazy to watch. For the first like 90 percent of the game, I had no idea what Andre Drummond was doing. I mean, he shot seven of 21 in. It's besides those two threes and maybe a couple of, you know, 10, 15 foot shots here and there, all were in the paint. You know, he was missing easy post hooks and, you know, easy moves. There was at one point in this game and I, I, I almost pulled my hair out. He had a board. I think it was about three minutes left in the game. We were down by five, I think. He had the board. There's three pistons around him. Darius Yolen is wide open, wide open for three. This is a potential. This, it could bring it out to a two point game. And he goes up. Luckily, he gets a foul call or whatever. But it's just things like that that just, man, sometimes I just don't understand what Andre Drummond is doing. Uh, his vision, I, he just tries to do too much, you know, a lot of the times. And it's just so strange because you can see the talent is there. I mean, he's, like uh, Dan has said, he's strong, you know. So, you know, at the end when they were going to the post and stuff, you know, he was really, you know, asserting his dominance in that post. He was getting his foul calls. But 
it's all the other stuff that comes with it that is just like, is it is it really worth it? You know, can you really say Andre Drummond is a productive player? Because you will get those times where, okay, he'll actually play within his role. He'll be a great post presence. Uh, one other thing, though, I don't know if we just... I, I just really want to see more pick and roll with Andre Drummond and either Colin Saxon or Darius Garland or whoever, because I feel like there's there's some potential there. I don't know if that's just Drummond. I don't know if it's the team, but they just don't run any, barely any. I, I, I just don't know. But, you know... When he's, you know, asserting his dominance in the paint, when he's, you know, defending actually and locked in, we saw at the end of the game, he had two stops, I believe. It was two, was it two or three on Derrick Rose, either way. Um, one in the fourth quarter, one in overtime. Um, it was great. You know, kudos to him. He, he really did step up. But, you know, when you're he's getting rebounds and instead of giving it to Garland to initiate, he wants to bring the ball up the court and do a crossover and go up on Mason Plumley or... Jaleel Okafor, whoever was in the post at the time, he just does too much sometimes. And it's, it's, Andre Drummond is an interesting player. That, that's all I can say. He's an interesting player. And I, I don't know. I, I do not know. He got punked a couple times by Jaleel Okafor, like on consecutive possessions. Just wanted to put that out there. But, um, I, I'm being too negative to Andre. At the end of the day, the Cavs won. Andre contributed it most of the time. You know, well, he contributed when it mattered most. Um, other times he didn't. But, hey, Andre lugged 43 minutes tonight, 43 minutes and 40 seconds, and like I said, carried us at the line at the end, so I can't discredit what he did too much. Um, one thing, Andre looks like he's like, and I, I we knew that he was like, on defense, this is kind of where you know he was at his best, but he is legit as a rim protector. Like I don't think that can be really disputed at this point. Like he's you know protecting the rim, getting blocks, um, you know altering some shots. Like even in space, I don't think he's been that terrible. Like this guy's obviously not a defensive player of the year candidate, but it's looking like he could be a you know slightly above average defender this season. Yeah, that's fair. I think, like, what he does, I think it's just, I mean, you see, it's not like a like a highway to the basket when he's in there. Um, at least kind of deters guys from, like, getting baseline looks, like how he kind of, like, guys can kind of shade to him, like, to kind of squash driving lanes a little bit along the baseline, at least um, kind of forces floaters a little bit, but... At times, it, he just again like it, it's worked here and there, yeah. Um, and I give him credit because it, it, it keep moments that happen. But it, you'd like to see him just play vertical still at times, and just it, it's it's boom or bust defensively with him. Just because uh, I mean he has strong hands, sure, and gets in there um, some, but just doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really willing to necessarily say that, but compared to what the Cavs have had, I'll, I'll give you that. Like just from a rim protection standpoint, like I think he's more than the Cavs have had in a while. Looking at like the Cavs' recent rim protectors, like okay, LeBron, you know, can do what he does at times, but like he's a better rim protector than Tristan. He's a better maybe, rim protector maybe than Mozgov. It might be. I think I don't know. Mozgov was actually when he was able to play like was. Well, just he because was he was he was, he was taller. Good there. 
But he would play if you were like he actually would play just straight up. Yeah, and, that too. That's a fair like, point. I just don't see it with Drummond at all. And it's like, dude, you have a seven foot six wingspan. Like he has a plus what eight inch wingspan. Just do that, and just if they hit it over you, they hit it over you. And he just doesn't do it enough. That's the problem. But as like in terms of like getting steals, like I'll, I, he's really has real feel for that. I give him credit for that. Yeah, overall, I mean, just you talk about just being vertical. I don't expect that from him. He's going to go for the block every time. He's going to go for the like the the play that shows up after the game every time. That's just kind of the way he's wired. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but um we'll move we'll move on from from Andre. We'll get to the other starter from tonight. Kevin Love uh, obviously didn't play in the opener. Uh came in tonight and uh again kind of in a similar sense to to Drummond. Um like he made the three to start. Like you know, he got off to a, a solid start. Um, you know, drilled one, and then just kind of completely disappeared throughout the rest of regulation, and then kind of came alive again in the playoff in the in the the playoffs the, the overtime. Um, ended up on the night with 15 points. Uh, shot four for 12 from the field, three for eight from three. I uh, had nine rebounds, three assists. Uh, also had three turnovers. Uh, but went four for five from the line. Um, obviously drew that three point or that three foul shot play at the end. Um, made all three three throws. That was important, you know, when the Cavaliers were already building momentum. That kind of just increased their momentum. But um, Amadou, what were your uh, initial thoughts from watching Kevin Love play today? Kevin, you know, um, he played well. Not not really well, honestly. Uh, you could see it was kind of some rust there, you know, after not playing for nine months. Didn't plan the preseason. Um, didn't plan the opener. Actually, wait. I'm pretty sure he did play in the. He played in the preseason, correct? If I'm not mistaken, and I think he he played got in one injured. game in the preseason. Yeah. I okay, believe, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he got injured, but you know you can still see it was, it, was, it was some rest there. But I don't know. It was some shots that I felt like you know were routine. You know, open catch and shoot shots. He probably should have hit. But overall, you know, I'm not too, you know, crazy over that. Um, one thing I do want to talk about though is. Just the difference on the court, it seemed, in the first game, too, you can kind of, you know, in, in the opener, you can kind of talk about this, too. But the difference in, you know, how the offense and defense flows with Larry Nance on the floor, uh, as opposed to Kevin Love, you can see, you know, with Love on the floor, the Cavs were, you know, kind of slow to their sets and such, you know, a, a more slow-paced offense, whereas when Larry Nance was on the court, you know, they were picking up pace, they were running, you know, it was great to see. So that's just a little something to look at. Um, it, It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how the Cavs kind of, you know, weigh the two or separate the two going moving forward, considering that um, Love will be, you know, taking his usual, probably resting back-to-backs and such. Um, having that in mind, I'm, we might see Larry Nance start uh, tomorrow against the Sixers. Right, we might. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to be – I'm going to really be paying attention to how Nance plays, you know, when Love is not on the court and how Love plays when Nance is not on the court and such like that. Because I feel like that's going to be an interesting topic to look at throughout the season. Yeah, and I kind of noticed, you know, you talk about just kind of the ball kind of popping a little bit more when Larry Nance is on the floor compared to Kevin. It seems like Kevin, and part, maybe part of the reason the offense just kind of seemed slower, was especially tonight, Kevin was really, really looking for Andre down low. It seemed like any time that he had the opportunity, like when Andre was in the paint, like he was trying to, you know, feed the ball to him the entire time, unless he was trying to make a play for himself, you know. And I mean, like I said, he, he kind of had a cold shooting night. 
heated up a little bit at the end, you know, and, and was, you know, a positive on the floor, you know, I thought in overtime. But, yeah, overall, I, I, you know, the, the, the pace was definitely slower with him on the floor. Um, other than that, you know, he kind of just he, – he is what he is at this point as far as just being Kevin, you know. I mean, he, the other stuff isn't new, just kind of – the in general – like I said, it's not like the ball just stops moving when he's on the floor. It's just where Larry Nance, like you said, just it, it does just kind of flow nicer with Larry. But at the same time, like the ball's still moving with Kevin. It's just – like I said, just it just seemed like tonight especially, and we'll see if you know that's like you said more of a trend moving forward. But he was really the the two man game between between Kevin and Andre was something that we saw a lot of tonight. Um, any takeaways from you, Dan, from tonight? Yeah, that that's a fair point. Um, there's contrast there, but I, I think a lot of it is that Nance is I don't know the pick and roll with him is like he's a more legit rolling threat just because he's obviously way quicker. And is a vertical threat. Um, but I don't know. Kevin Love is a damn good passer. And there were a number of wraparound feeds that he hit with Garland or Sexton where they just kind of didn't initiate off of it and just go into a shot. Um, and uh, there were times, I mean, he hit them and they just didn't shoot it for whatever reason, but it was fine. Um, hit a, had a really nice pass to Jetty that I think he hit. Um, but that'll come. I, I think it was just more, he, he just hasn't played with Drummond very often and just wanted to get him a little bit going. And I, I don't know, it, with Kevin, it, him and Drummond have the same agent, I believe. Um, probably just wanted to get him going a little bit. I, I can understand that. Um, but yeah, the, the pace is going to, like, he's not like a grab and go threat like Nance. And I'm, that's a big, I'm a big proponent of when he just gets it and gets gets going up the floor. Um, I think he makes really good decisions in secondary transition, um, especially he's got way more of a handle than Love. Um, but I think with Love, conversely, in set offense, it just seems like there's better off-ball screens. Um, I think he sets those a lot better than Nance. I think Nance is more of a ball screen guy. Um, but uh, they're, I, I kind of like it. It's kind of a nice contrast of styles to me. Um, and I don't know. I like, I like love, frankly, with Blake Griffin more. I just like that matchup better. Um, I think it kind of negates Griffin from being kind of like a roamer in the, in the lane where, and Nance has made strides with his his shot. I'm not discounting that at all. Me as much as anybody, I'm a fan of it, but love still just like guys get more open driving lanes with him. But um, I, when Nance is in there, I really like him as an initiator, um, playmaker. I, I love what he brings. But again, I just – I Nance, uh, unless it's like in, in – I like him as a spot starter, but not more than that just because he's kind of a tweener still. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think love – you just, just got to give him a little bit to get back in the fold, but – um, as a side note, I, th- I think Fedor said that they are planning to play him uh, against the Sixers, so we'll see how that how oh, that okay. shakes out. Um, that was a little bit of a, a little bit of a surprise to me, but I mean, it's not like these guys haven't had any kind of time to rest and recover, so I think I'll be fine. But um, th- there were just some shots that you'd expect him to hit against the Pistons that didn't go, but I, I think he's he'll be fine, and they'll they just will get some kinks out a little bit. I'm interested. When did you hear that report from Fedor? Uh, I think it was before the game. I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, 
Let's see what he said. I just wonder because I feel like, you know, and obviously, you know, he didn't log as many minutes as a few other guys, but playing 37 minutes in a double overtime yeah, game, that, I, I, yeah, I still bet he plays tomorrow, but maybe, you know, that maybe it is more of a limited minute type thing next game. And I, obviously, like I said, we, we don't know that right now, but um, I, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, so that is it interesting says that. that they do, well, at this least was, was, yeah, this is at 6.02 p.m. It said, Bickerstaff said Love and Exum will have some kind of minutes restriction, but he didn't detail exactly what it would be. Uh, and, yeah, that's... Uh, shit. Um, I guess I thought... I swear I saw it somewhere. I believe you. I believe you, Dan. But, um... But anyway, yeah, like I said, that, it, it might be, be interesting right, to see how that changes with... Yeah, with it seemed like you know obviously it seemed like Exum was on a minute restriction. He only had you know that thirteen minute run, but again, Kevin played thirty seven and a half minutes. So you know I wouldn't be surprised if we see him tomorrow. But maybe it's one of those just kind of like, you know, show up, play fifteen minutes you know, type of deals more so just to keep him loose. Yeah, maybe. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll keep the ball rolling here. We will get to Javale McGee, who has had a very productive start to the season for the Cavs uh, in that Charlotte game. Uh, finished with 13 points, seven rebounds, uh, an assist, a block, a steal. Shot six for seven from the field in that game. Um, he's taken a three in both of these games, and he did make one tonight. Tonight, he finished with uh, 11 points, um, two rebounds. Again, I made three. He did foul out in uh, just under 14 and a half minutes, so that's less than ideal for you know a guy that you you do want to have available in a double overtime game again Drummond was able to log minutes so it ended up working out but um I think they said on the broadcast I don't remember was that like the eighth three seventh three from JaVale for his career I think is it eight or seven I don't know I think it's something out of it's something like that out of like 34 I think that's what they said (laughs) yeah yeah something like that Anyway, it, a, a rare three-point make from from Javale McGee tonight, and again, it came at kind of an important time, you know, down down the stretch when they they needed some offense. That's <laughs> not exactly where you always wanted to come from, but it fell and it helped them out there. Well, but, coming um, into the like game, said, it said he's five of thirty-four for his career coming into Detroit. So it was six. So, okay, so, so six. six. Yeah, yeah. yeah six I think it was just one 30, attempt. Yeah, six for thirty-five. Yeah. So, there you go. All right. Yeah, sorry, this is but, just uh, a brief side note. Yeah, Damrell, that was yeah. from him. He said, Bakerstaff plans to play both Love and Drummond in both games this weekend. But after the game, he said that, uh, let's see here. Basically, uh, sorry. Yeah, he said Love seemed to be fine after the double OT game, but they'll see how he's feeling in the morning if he'll decide before they decide if he's playing or not, did say that Love played way more than the coaching staff had planned. So if I had to guess, gut feeling is probably no. Yeah, and but we'll have to see again. It could just be, you know, an actual minutes restriction. But uh, Amadou, we'll give it to you here. Um, just kind of some thoughts from what you've seen from JaVale so far. Yeah, I really, really like what I've seen from JaVale so far. I feel like his veteran presence has been seen on the court. You know, You know, he has that ability to you know, alter some shots, but offensively, you know, he's looking good in that post. You know, I've seen it. I seen him make a, a sky hook uh, against the Hornets. It was, it was really hilarious. I like that shot. Um, 
but he's been playing well, you know, nice above the rim. Uh, again, another player who, you know, I'd probably like to see a couple more, you know, pick and rolls here and there, but oh, you know, nonetheless, he's found he, oh, actually today he had a highlight. He had a coast to coast. Yeah. Oh, he had an absolute. Yeah. He, oh my yes, goodness. Absolutely. Good Lord. Th- that was great. But, um, yeah, I, I've been, I've been, you know, satisfied with what I've seen from McGee so far. Yeah, Andre Drummond wasn't lying when he said that JaVale McGee can play the three. I mean, (laughs) pulling up from deep, you know, going coast to coast Mm -hmm. and finishing with a dunk, you know, like, Dan, do you disagree with me here? I don't know how I could, but yeah, (laughs) I I think he's been what I thought he would be. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want him to, the fouling issues with him, I mean, that's been the case throughout his career, really, but for a guy that is going to play 15 minutes, I mean, in a normal circumstance, like maybe 14, 15 minutes in a game, um, maybe not even that, but just he's going to bring activity at both ends of the floor near the rim. Um, he, he really, I mean, he might foul guys, sure, but guys definitely hesitate or, or are less aggressive when he's in there. And just really, I mean, really above the rim um, activity, Good rebounder, um, really is a, a very good cutter. Um, I, I guess I did, that's kind of popped to me initially. And, I, I mean, I know that Skyhook did, did look a little goofy, but he actually did kind of show that, has shown it the last few years. Um, it, it does look goofy as hell, though. But um, he's he'll be fun, I guess, is, is kind of the thing. He'll be fun and he plays yeah. hard. Oh, like, no yeah. just if answer buts about that. Good stuff from Jamal McGee. Uh, we'll keep on rolling here. We'll get to Jetty Osmond, who has at least been, if nothing else, you know, shooting the ball, like we said earlier, with confidence. Just, you know, overall scoring the ball, you know, at a level that we really haven't seen from him before. Um, in the win against Charlotte, uh, again, he's been coming off the bench in both of these games, a uh, role that seems to be fitting him well so far. Played 18 minutes, had 11 points, uh, four rebounds, two assists, shot three for six for three in this game. Uh, tonight, he came in off the bench, came off the bench and played 26 minutes, um, had 22 points, uh, four, four rebounds, a steal, shot seven for 12 from the field, four for seven from three, including a big one late, uh, shot four for six from the line. Uh, Dan, we'll, we'll put you on this one to start. How are you feeling about Jetty right now? What do you think of the progress he has made as a, an offensive player? Um, has he made any, any – is there anything different about his defense in your eyes? Not much different about the defense, but that's all right. Um, it is what it is. But he at least competes, so I'll give him credit for that. But uh, And that's neither here nor there. Um, but he's he's making me excited um, offensively. Is is really – seems to be in a good rhythm. Um, just really squaring himself well. And has just found a way to be in the right spots offensively and set offense. Um, just I don't know. I get. I'm really excited what he with what he's doing. Um, I, I think he's kind of listened to what we've said on podcasts over and over and over. And I think he's maybe just wrote that on his on his locker or something. I don't. Well, I don't know what, where exactly he'd have it, but I don't know. I'm I'm hoping maybe that it's choose. motivation for him. Um, but he he's playing like a bench a guy a bench guy in a mission um, when he's in there is really attacked, um, but really hasn't I mean it hasn't looked like out of control but 
just doing a really nice job playing in rhythm, getting to his spots. And when he's squared, it just looks like it's going in for him, which I'm happy for him. But again, I'm not going to make rash, like rash decisions and say you should start after two games. No, I, I don't think he should start. You know, even, you know, with a night where Isaac struggles a little bit, at least on the offensive end, I think that Jetty has honestly found the perfect role that, you know, he's the role that he is supposed to play with this team, which is just kind of being one of those first guys off the bench, you know, that first wing off the bench at least, who can just come in and provide a little bit of shooting. And, yeah, the defense is what it is, but you're going up against backups, you know, hopefully part of the time as well. You're not guarding the starting small Mm -hmm. forward, you know, and – in, in spurts, you know, when you're a poor defender, I don't think it hurts you as much as when you're the starter playing extended right. minutes. So, yeah, and just the shooting that he's been providing, like I said, you know, he shot four from seven, four for seven tonight, um, was getting to the line, you know, cutting well, uh, running the floor well. And I think, like I said, you know, he's he's found the perfect role, the role that he was, he's, he's always been meant to play on this team, it seems like. Um, Amadou, what are your reactions been to what Jetty has brought to the table thus far yeah I agree with uh what both you guys said I feel like this role is great for Jetty you know right now and I feel like you know this role be even more vital for him having him come off the bench when Kevin Porter Jr. comes back um that shooting that he brings off the bench you know like you said I feel like this is a role that he was always you know meant to play but of course we didn't have the depth for him to play this last season it's been great you know the shooting uh, that he brings, like I said, uh, his scoring punch, you know, kind of, it, it's great to have that guy, that catch and shoot guy, or uh, that, uh, what do you want to call it? That, you know, bailout guy, I guess you can say, you know, if the offense is, you know, the bench offense is kind of stalling here. Jetty Osmond with a 9 triple. You know, sorry. <laughs> 9 <Nine-one-one> triple, <laughs> yup. That right there. So it, it's great. You know, I love it. I love it. Uh, we'll get into a couple guys here. We have some guys who only played in one of the games, not the other. Uh, we'll start with Dean Wade, who, again, in the game that Kevin was out, uh, was cracked into the rotation, played 15 minutes, actually about 16 minutes in that first game. Uh, played well, had 77 points. Uh, no rebounds, but three assists, uh, as well as three steals. Uh, did have three fouls in his limited minutes, but, you know, again, it's it's all right. Um, yeah, Dean Wade, you know, who would have thought, you know, he's actually playing some real minutes on the NBA floor and he looks kind of comfortable out there. You know, like I said, shot three for four from the field, went one for two from three, uh, shot the ball well from three in the preseason. Uh, Amadou, what have your, your, you know, I, again, I, I didn't get a chance to watch as much of the first game as I would have liked. Um, I'm in that area where I do not have Fox Sports Ohio, so I have to rely on other options, you know, on the internet for streaming. And the website that I was using got taken down, so I had to find a new one. Got delayed, so I really didn't get to see too much of Dean Wade in this game. But uh, we'll go to you guys. Um, how did he play? How did he look? Um, do you like you know seeing him in the rotation? Obviously, probably not the regular rotation, but on nights when guys like Kevin or Andre are out, it seems like you know he might be ready to kind of step into that just emergency role. Yeah, I feel like in an emergency role, you know, he looked good. I feel like you know one thing, he looked more comfortable. You know, he's adjusting, you know, decently to the NBA. And that's what I like to see. It's just grow. Um, again, like you said, being that backup power forward due to Kim Love being out, I feel like he played that role well. You know, I, you could say the rebounding, I guess, defense. I, I don't know. I feel like that that just 
you know, maybe puts aside, but he shot the ball well. You know, like you said, he had those three assists. Overall, it was a decent game from D Wade, from Dean Wade, excuse me. Dan, a few podcasts ago, you had the hot take that it was never going to happen with Dean Wade. I have to ask the question: Is it happening with Dean Wade? Um, yeah, um, yeah. I just I didn't know if Kev was was going to be out, uh, but yeah, I, I'd love for me to, to have been wrong. It probably was, but with him again, it's if he's just wanting to shoot when he's in there because he can shoot the ball. Um, I, I like him as a pick-and-pop pick guy in spot minutes if need be. Um, I, I think it's a nice guy to have to maybe play 12, 13, 14 minutes if needed, and especially in like those back-to-backs. Um, it, maybe you will see if he, he – maybe he could play more against Philly here. Um, I, I, I like what he brings defensively too. I think he is pretty alert out there. Um, is – is fairly athletic laterally. I think that's, I don't think he's like awful in that way. Uh, kind of, kind of an above the rim guy it, to an extent too. Um, it, it's just in college with those foot issues, you just, it's just, I, I just don't love him if he has to play like really long stretches, but uh, yeah, it's, he looked good against Charlotte there. Uh, and, he, he does pat. He has pretty good uh, kind of ball movement sense. So um, active cutter too. I mean, I, I'd I'd love for him to be able to carve out a role for the Cavs, but you just never know um, as far as the opportunities that will come for him. But um, look good in that first one, no doubt. Another guy who came off the bench and got some run in that first game didn't get that same run tonight. Damian Dotson uh, played thirteen and a half minutes. Uh, had, I believe, a rebound, missed a shot, missed his only shot, was a three. Um, did you see anything noteworthy from him in the minutes that he played? Um, not really particularly, but another guy that at least his movement sense, uh, threat as a shooter, um, with a quick release, uh, and I... It didn't show in that first one, but he's a guy that is more than capable of playing real minutes um, if you need him to be. And I think he's a, another guy that defensively, I think he can kind of be a nice stagger guy for the sex lane backcourt, um, for spurts, stretches, whatever. And I, I just think he's a guy that can create his own shot a little bit and has a, has a pretty solid handle, um, has – Kind of has some sneaky step back game. Um, can kind of hit some side side steps at times. Uh, just has pretty knowledgeable um, spatial awareness, and I, I really like what he brings on the defensive end. He's he's really a competitor, and pretty can, honestly plays bigger than his than his uh, height. So um, not a ton really stuck out in that one, but. It was his first game playing with the Cavs, I mean, real game. So I'm not really going to be too kind of – I'm not going to change my opinion on my I like him. He's a nice player to have. Uh, one more – well, actually, we'll jump over to the, uh, the Pistons game here before we wrap up the Hornets. But Dante Exum, after having it seemed like some hip soreness in uh, the first you know game and last couple of games of the preseason, did crack back into the lineup tonight. Uh, played, like I said earlier, 13 minutes, had four points, uh, four assists, three rebounds. 
a shot two for three from the field. Um, the one shot that he missed was a three. Um, it seems like Dante with Dante, like the the corner threes go in, but the threes on the wing were like, especially like that when it seemed like he was still moving a little bit, gets a little bit ugly. But um, overall, like I, I know you know, obviously he won that starting role in the preseason. I'm still on the Dante Axum train of believers. I thought he played really well tonight. Again, you know, in like his first you know, eight or nine minutes of play, he already had racked up four assists. Um, again, got to the lane a couple times and made a few shots. Just overall, I thought, played a solid game. Uh, you know, like we said, you know, he earned the backup point guard role in this spot. And I think a night like tonight kind of shows why. I think the playmaking is something that, you know, some people were kind of down on. I think he's kind of, you know, proving that that's a little bit more of his game than people, you know, maybe may have thought. Um Amadou, how'd you feel about, you know, what Dante Exxon brought to the floor tonight? Um, yeah, you know, he played limited minutes because of that hip injury, you know. Had some nice patience. Like you said, he had four assists in the first eight minutes. You like to see that as a facilitator. You know, he always has that potential. Um, I don't know if he's a long-term option. I really, really want the Cavs to look into a guy who, you know, can create their own shot and has the ability to space the floor because it's it's, it's going to be kind of hard to play Exum alongside Kevin Porter Jr. considering none of those guys are really high level shooters. Uh, yeah, that yeah, high level shooters at that, yeah. So um from outside at least. Yeah. So so that's gonna be a thing to look at. Yeah, I mean, you know, only thirteen minutes. Like he you know, in those thirteen minutes he played well. That's really it. It's gonna be interesting though. Like that topic of, you know, what will happen to Axon when Kevin Porter Jr. comes back. Uh, I'm really interested to see that. I feel like that's when we should see more minutes from Dotson. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't really complain about Exum too much. Dan, any complaints about Exum from tonight? No, I, I can't say I have complaints. Um, yeah, as, as you said, he looked good there initially, uh, got guys involved. Um, yeah, with Exum though, I just, I, know, I think even pretty early on, I think even Dotson could be a guy that they can kind of just put in there as kind of a de facto one-two. I mean, he, he's, he's a decent ball mover, and I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't really see, like, tremendous vision from Dante Exum. I, it's just, like, he's not going to be, like, throwing anybody open. It's just, I don't know. I mean, he looked decent in against Detroit, and defensively, I think that's just the key with him. He can kind of be, like, a one-two at, at times guard threes, but it's just... I don't know. I mean, I just don't know how many how many real minutes, like consistently night to night, you can play a guy that a. I'm sorry, he's always injury prone. Like that's always in the back of my mind every time. Every that's time he drives, yeah. And b, just the shot. I'm sorry, it's just like, ugh. And there's, I I want Donnie Tagsman to do well. I want him to stay healthy, ideally, but. I don't know. The more he plays, the more you're not – well, when he's able to go not playing Kevin, you're not playing – I don't know. I, I'd just rather give the minutes to Dotson, who frankly can do just – be just as effective defensively, and, and he can just create his own shot. I think, you know, for the committed Cavs, you know, viewer, the Cavs game viewer, that'll be kind of one of the interesting storylines to watch throughout the season Definitely. is just the battle of minutes – the battle four minutes between Exum and, and Dotson. I don't think you know that role is solidified yet. I think that'll, like I said, just kind of be one of those evolving storylines. 
Uh, we did have a couple other guys who did get in the game for the Cavs in the opener. Uh, we'll get to Damien, or Damien, Dylan Windler now, uh, who played nine and a half minutes, had three points, um, got a couple of steals. I think both of those steals came basically within like 10 seconds of each other, uh, along with his only turnover. Uh, still, you know, struggled a little bit from the field in this game. Shot one for five from the field, one for four from three. And then, as we all know, uh, I think he was going out for a drive or a rebound or whatever. But um, kind of bumped into Gordon Hayward. I don't think Gordon Hayward did anything on purpose. But uh, fell down and really kind of, you know, unfortunately just kind of suffered a freak injury, falling on his wrist, falling on his hand. And uh, broke the fourth metacarpal in his hand or finger or whatever the heck that means and will be reevaluated in one week. So I did actually catch a couple glimpses of what Dylan Windler did in this game. And again, you know, I, I saw that sequence of, you know, steel turnover steel with LaMelo. Um, it seems like the, the, you know, the, the opinion, at least for me of, of, of Dylan is, is kind of the same as far as the shots still not exactly falling, but I, at least in this game, I'm glad to see that, you know, he wasn't, you know, afraid to take him. He put up four shots with, I, th- I think is important for him. I think in the preseason a little bit, we kind of saw him go cold with some bad misses. And at that point he was just kind of hesitate, hesitant to even put them up. Uh, getting four of them up in this game seems like a good sign to me, even if he wasn't making them. Again, it seems like he's just active in other parts of the game. Um, like I said, you know, with that kind of the st- sequence of steals, uh, it still seems like someone who can move the ball well. It just seems like a smart defender. Um, How did you guys feel about the limited minutes that we saw with uh, with Dylan Windler? Dan, we'll start with you. Oh, God. I'm like the biggest, like, Dylan Windler, like... I'm going to, like, die in this hill with Windler deal. Um, man, what a lump of coal. Uh, yeah. God. Um, I liked what I saw. Again, you really hit on all the points. Um, just a heady player, you can tell. Um, just, again, another one, spatial awareness is there. Real ball mover always seems to make the extra pass, whether it results in assists or not. Um, just knows how to play, you can tell. Um, I, I like his handle too. I think he honestly creates shots for himself that are outside the kind of scope of things. I, I like that about his game. Seems to make the extra pass, um, cuts well, um, has touch as a finisher too. But man, this is this just figures because he never really was injured um, in college, and I just I don't know doesn't doesn't really. Doesn't really sound good. So uh, we'll have to see about his if he can really be a guy going forward. I, I don't know, but I really hope that's the case because I think it can help. He, he just in like theoretically just would seem, and we saw it in preseason, just can fit in a, a number of with a number of different guys. I, I would think in a number of different lineups, um, but that that really hurts. Yeah, I think. Obviously, you know, what we've seen as far as injuries from him are, you know, fractures or, you know, just, just the things along those lines, the bone-related injuries. It's not, you know, tendons. It's not muscles. It's not anything like that. Ligaments. It's just It just seems like, you know, this was just kind of a completely unrelated freak thing, and it, it does com- really suck for him. 
I think, you know, if we're just looking at concerns of coming off all of these injuries, it's just, again, trying to find that shooting stroke and trying to find that rhythm. I think that's, you know, what's going to be most affected here with Windler is just not, obviously not being able to stay on the floor consistently and just not being able to build that rhythm. So That's you, exactly like I said, It does point, suck. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it's nothing to be, this isn't like, this isn't a knee injury where you're concerned. Like, man, can can he come off? It's not of, like a Derrick Rose situation. You know, this no. and be the same. No, it's it's not in, at all. It's it's purely just you know, can he? Will he be able to stay in rhythm and you know contribute in the minutes that he does get moving forward? Because I feel like you're going to have to give him minutes to let him get in that rhythm. But it just you you hope that these these freak things don't keep happening to him. Um, anything to add there, Amadou? From Dylan. Yeah. Um, I just think you guys, you know, really said uh, what I was thinking. You know, he has that ability as a cutter, like Dan said. Um, I like what he does off the ball. And like you said, um, he took four shots. You know, it's nice to see him get those reps in. Uh, just for me personally, you know, man, the injury sucks. You know, especially during this time where Kevin Porter Jr. is out. This is when you want to see Dylan, you know, give us something, show us what his abilities is. You know, because when Kevin Porter Jr. comes back, if you see Osmond is playing well, uh, Larry Nance is playing well, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, Windler's minutes are going to come in and such. So just just a really tough situation. And of course, to wrap up the uh, the player recaps thoughts here, we got to mention everyone who got in the game. When Dylan Windler went down, he got fouled, uh, was owed two free throws. He could not shoot those free throws. He had to come out of the game. Coach James Borrego of the Charlotte Hornets got to pick somebody off of the bench to shoot those free throws for Dylan Windler. Um, he apparently made the right decision in Marcus Bolden, who came in and missed both of the free throws, uh, but we have to mention that he got in the game. It, here's my biggest question with Marquise Bolden. Because John Michael always pronounces his name Marquise how do you guys pronounce Marquise Bolden? I've always usually said Marquise. Sometimes I say Marcus. But John Michael always says Marquise, and I'm confused. Like, what do you guys, like, what what, do you, what would you normally call him? Okay, well, I used to say Marquez, and I found out very quickly that that was wrong. I think. I'm, I'm not too sure myself either. Marquise sounds right. So I guess we go with Marquise? And I feel like for most people, I've heard Marquise. Yeah. Like, that's that's the one I've heard most often. But John Michael is adamant, if you listen to him on the broadcast, that it is Marquise. Like, he says it every single time. Yeah, I, I heard it in college, Marquise. And I don't know what I've heard the charge broadcast. It's, I've heard Marquise. But occasionally Marquise. But I, I'm pretty sure it's Marquise, like Marquise Chris. Marquise, okay, okay. Like, pretty yeah, sure. That's what uh, I'm going I mean, unless, with. like, Duke was on national TV and he'd be playing, like, real minutes with him all the time, so. And, I mean, the charge guys seem to mostly do, or have, did say that, so. I'm pretty sure it's Marquise. I mean, I guess, I, I'm not John Michael, but I, I think there's some disconnect there. There seems to be. Um, anything else from either of you before we get out of here? Um, yeah, just really, really quickly. Um, I was thinking about this as we were talking about um, how the offense runs when Kevin Love is on the floor versus when Larry Nance is on the floor. Like Dan said, the offense does, you know, seem to flow better. So with that in mind, how much do you think that would really impact, 
you know, the Cavaliers draft choices to say if, you know, I mean, they, they could, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they finish the season, but let's say they finish the season, you know, near the bottom of the East, like they have the past couple of seasons. Do you think the Cavs will look at how, you know, Saxon and Garland and just the general offense flow with Larry Nance on the floor versus with Kevin Love on the floor in their drafting process and look probably towards a guy like a Greg Brown or an Evan Mobley? Yeah, I think they definitely would look at a big. Um, I, I think they strongly would consider getting a four, like you said, like Brown uh, is, is definitely in the mix. I, I would think next year they really have a good opportunity to get a, a real four or five guy. I, honestly, I still really like Jalen Johnson. I know he's not really a shooter type right now, but I just look at the bounce he has, the athleticism, uh, the ability to really play make, especially in transition. That That's the kind of guy I'd be looking at. But uh, Greg Brown is a really good one, too. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see about Terrence Clark, how he kind of pans out this year. But, um, I, yeah, I, that's a fair point. And, and Mobley is, has really been uh, – really stood out. But, um, yeah, I think it's a really good point. I, I just think it's – I don't know. It's just like a good opportunity to deal love in the offseason and get that kind of stretch four guy to um, that long-term type um, player. I think, yeah, Brown is is definitely one of those. Um, again, uh, we'll, again, have to see what happens with him. I, I still like Isaiah Todd, too. I think um, he could kind of crawl up the boards um, if the G League bubble can't play out. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add there. Um, obviously, Mobley. I, I haven't done enough enough, you know, research on this year's draft yet. I just haven't broken into too much of you know the top prospects. But um, just just the question of you know just playmaking overall. I think as long as you have enough shooting on the floor, like you can never have too much playmaking. So while obviously you know it's not going to be a dire need for them, I don't think that that's going to be you know. I don't think that's a skill that you can really have too much of. You know, if a guy like. Cade Cunningham is there, obviously. I, th- I still think you take him. But, you know, looking at outside guys, again, I'm, I'm not well-versed in, in the names yet. I will get there. But um, I know Evan Mobley's good, <laughs> and I wouldn't mind having him on this team. Yeah, I, I still I – I know he hasn't really gotten off to the best start, but I, I still like um, Scotty Barnes, too. I like his versatility. Um, I think kind of like a 3-4 guy. I think that's a dude that – I think he'll come along as the year progresses too. Um, but I, I'm, I definitely get your take, Amadou. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, Greg Brown is is definitely one that pops. Um, there, there's a lot of different guys that really can. I think we'll see. Um, I, I still like Usman Garuba too. I, I think is a potential like rim protector. He can really pass too. All right. Well, with that, we will get out of here. Um, thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much, Amadou, for coming on, for recapping these games with me. Uh, it was a fun hour and 20 minutes. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you enjoyed, you know, subscribe. Catch more episodes later. Go listen to some old episodes. There's a bunch of them by now to listen to. If you haven't already, uh, leave a rating, leave a review. Do the five stars. Uh, download Thrive Fantasy. Use promo code KLOVE. Get $20 if you spend $20. Up to $50. It's a good deal. It's a great deal. Go sign up. uh, Support the podcast. And with that, 
we will see you later. I'm sure we'll have another game coming soon. Before One more thing i got to say before we get out of here. Uh, just super-duper quick predictions, Cavs-Sixers. Dan? Uh, I'll say Sixers 116, Cavs 102. Amadou? Yeah, I'll say, I'll say Sixers 113, Cavs 97. We'll go 108-104, Sixers. I think the Cavs might make it a game. All right. Obviously, we'll have to see... Um, that game will that, that game will be concluded by the time you know this podcast is up. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens then. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you later. Bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.